Hey, welcome to the Mind Your Health podcast. I'm so glad you can join us. I'm your host, Dr. Mina Merholm. I'm a board-certified psychiatrist and an assistant professor of clinical psychiatry in Columbia University. I'll be speaking with some of the leading experts in mental health around the world to learn how we can incorporate principles of lifestyle changes, our faith, as well as some of the leading innovations in mental health to learn how we can live happier and more fulfilled lives. And hopefully we'll have some fun along the way. I hope this inspires you and encourages you to mind your health. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us here, man. I know for, you know, as we were kind of talking for Black History Month and for, you know, I just want to thank you for being the advocate that you've always been for, for mental health, the way that you've approached this for both faith, mental health, and sort of growth overall has been incredible. And I just want to say a quick word of introduction, even though you totally don't need it, everybody knows who you are, but, you know, for anyone who may not be familiar, but Cray is a multi-Grammy award-winning artist and sold millions of copies of albums. He's 15 Dove Awards, you know, Billboard Music Award, all kinds of amazing awards. But I, I know for him, the most meaningful is just the impact that he's had sort of one-on-one. That's been the biggest thing. And specifically in this journey, I think in restoration, that's been um, something that's been incredibly powerful. And I'll tell you for me, just a quick personal note, we had a chance to chat. I've been a fan since like the days of Jesus music. You know, back back in the day, that was <laughs> right in the top down. That was, and uh, and if you remember going to this uh, cruise with a cause, the mm-hmm. right, we had a chance to hang out there a little bit. That was uh, that was great. So just thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today, man. Of course, yeah, appreciate you, man. Thanks for having. So I just wanted to ask you, you know, similar to as you sort of said in your documentary, right, when you started to speak with with someone who said to you first, like, tell me your story, right? Like I know. There's been a lot to your story from the, the mountaintop to like the acclaim and being, you know, just incredible success to some hurdles along the way. And then how God kind of used that along the way, as well as the role for sort of mental health. So maybe if you could share that with us a little bit, just kind of a bit about your story. Uh, yeah, well, I grew up to a, a, a family that, you know, had a lot of issues historically. So it was a cycle of brokenness. My mother was you know, given away at a young age to live with an aunt. So she didn't really have a close bond with her mom and her family. Um, she ended up getting pregnant as a young lady with me. My dad and her weren't married. My dad, uh, you know, kind of dropped out of high school, was trying to figure out his own life. They tried to make it work. It didn't. And he, you know, succumbed to an addiction. So I didn't see him growing up. I saw him once at nine. And, um, and that was that was the extent of my relationship with my father. I didn't hear from him, didn't see him. Kind of dealt with my mom's, you know, ex-husband who was abusive. The, the men that I looked up to were my uncles who were, you know, in the streets, just living that lifestyle. And so for me, there, it was just a lot of historical trauma, a lot of cyclical trauma, a lot of poor values and ideals. And, um, and so a lot of my success, I mean, obviously, you know, I do believe God is, is granted it, but a lot of it was a lot of pursuing a sort of sense of identity because I was uh, battling so much emptiness uh, growing up as a kid. And so I um, uh, became an adult, had a spiritual transformation around 19, 20 years old. And that kind of set me on a new trajectory. And though the spiritual component was there, there was still an emotional and mental component that was not integrated around 2016, I say, is when those those things really started to catch up with me. I know when you mentioned kind of as these things were catching up, you know, one of the things I think I saw in, in a video that you put in the, 
some of the things that you went through, right, the trauma historically and, and growing up, like when I see young people, especially young black men, they tell me this is this is the common experience for all of us, right? Like this is just what we know. And it doesn't even feel like it's something to process sometimes. It doesn't feel like it's something that's affecting my decision-making. It just feels like, you know, this is life, man. This is just what it is for my cousins. This is what it is for my family. What sort of helps you realize that, you know what, these things that happened in the past are like affecting my present and there's something that I can do about that. Yeah, I do remember it. So I was, I was molested by a family member um, as a kid and, um, I do remember reading an article as I got older about how victims of child molestation um, are a little more promiscuous. And I thought to myself, oh, shoot, I wonder if that is affecting uh, promiscuity for me. And that was like the first kind of red flag. But really, it wasn't until my first counseling session, you know, and I was that was 2016 was my first counseling session. Right. So I sat in there and then um, my counselor said to me, she said, um, Two unhealthy people do not create a healthy person. Uh, she's speaking to my parents. And I just, it was the first time I had thought like, oh, shoot, the way I was raised is not an environment for me to come out healthy. And I never considered that. That was the first time that it dawned on me like, oh, this is not normal. And the way I respond and think about things isn't normal. And it sounds like though, like, first, the fact that you're able even to start counseling at the 2016, it's, it's, a, it's a major thing. There are a lot of people that just never even get to that point. And there are some people, yeah. honestly, who come to me and say, like, Mina, you seem like a cool guy or whatever, but just, I'm going just, to I'm just let you know, I don't trust your whole system. I don't trust the whole <laughs> mental health system, honestly, right? There's been a lot of hurt historically, right? Like for, for the Black community in healthcare, Tuskegee and all these things. And mental health is not an exception. If someone was to ask you, let's maybe a young person, I know you've always mentored young people and you've been involved like in prison and all kinds of areas where there's a lot of trauma. If they say to you, Lecrae, like, I get it. It sounds like it helped you, but I don't really trust counseling, therapy. Like, it seems like it's not something I can get behind. How do you sort of counsel somebody through that? I think I would tell them, like, you got to get outside of the, I wouldn't use these words specifically, but the existential, like, non-ability to touch it type of thought process. I would say, man, if you had a heart condition, you would go see a doctor for that. Right. If you had a, a, a eye condition, you would go see a doctor because of your eye. And a lot of times people think of their mind or their brain as something that's completely spiritual or like existential. They don't think of it as an organ that, you know, affects their whole body. And so I would tell somebody like, hey, man, it's a very complex organ and your thoughts actually affect that organ. So if you're if you're not processing your thoughts or the way you're thinking or your experiences, it can have a detrimental effect on your organ. It's the same way the food you eat every day can affect your heart. Right. The way that you see the world and think about the world can affect that organ in your in your head. And so that's that's just bare minimum. Like go talk to somebody to just get get some clarity on what's going on with you. I think that's a beautiful explanation, man. And um, sometimes though the response that someone may say to that, I don't know if you come across this in in the church, right? Is someone will say, okay, well that sounds kind of cool, but you know, maybe the things that I need to process are just spiritual things, right? Like I need to be able to deal with this just with God, right? And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian myself as well. So it's, I can understand that, right? But how did you sort of balance that saying somebody, I, I, I am someone, the follower of, of Jesus, but I can have a therapist too. How did that sort of fit in? Yeah, I went through um, a process where I, I had experienced clinical depression. And I didn't know what it was. You know, I have experienced depression my whole life, but it was like 
you know, it wasn't anything that was like stopping me from experiencing life. It's just kind of like a little more of a, a down mood sometimes, a little gloomy. But this was like literally, I, I couldn't experience emotions. Like I was just dull. Like my brain was numb. That drove me to a place where I had to seek specialists and. At first, I didn't want to. I was like, I prayed away. I prayed away. You know, I just thought spiritual is spiritual, you know, on and on and on. And it was it wasn't until I saw a video of a pastor who was talking about his bout with clinical depression and acute anxiety and how, you know, he was scared to go visit a psychiatrist. And he was like, oh, man, it was like going to visit the witch of indoor and like, you know, some Harry Potter stuff. And but then they just started explaining to him the science behind everything. And in the same way, you would pray for your cancer to be healed, but you're also going to take the necessary steps, you know, to God provides physical means a lot of times to deal with spiritual issues. And so um, that encouraged me that, man, maybe this, this could be a spiritual issue, but God may be providing some physical means to help me navigate that. And that's just, that's what I call integration. We have to be integrated people. It's like a band. A keyboard playing by itself is amazing. A guitar by itself is amazing. The drums by themselves are amazing. But when you combine them all, they start working amazingly. And so prayer and church by themselves, phenomenal. But when you start, you got somebody who knows how to do accounting. You got somebody who knows how to, to organize. You got someone, those things start working together and things really work well. And the same with people who understand the mind. It's just an added benefit of ministry to, to things that God is trying to do beautiful image man like this symphony like the harmony of it right or even as the scripture says like the body right like you have the eye yeah. does something the hand does something and and it's so different from what like the misconception people sometimes can have is like well i'm just afraid as you said like the pastor said if i go to a psychiatrist or i go to a therapist like they're going to tell me which i'll have to be honest like from the perspective of, of the profession we're not always as like respectful to faith as we should be. like i'm gonna just put that out there is that that's been a historical difficulty with mental health so some people will be afraid, like if I go to a therapist, they're going to like downplay the fact that like I'm some Christian and I, it's like believing in some like voodoo doll nonsense, right? Where they're not going to like help me like integrate. They're going to sort of look down on me. But it sounds like you're saying is that there is a way that these two things can have harmony, that they don't have to be at odds. You don't have to pick one or the other. Yes, very much so. And I think obviously if you can find believers and Christians who practice psychology or psychiatry all the better but then just like in in the real world sometimes we do have to to decipher you know the doctor may say hey you only have x amount of time to live because of your heart condition and they may not be sensitive to the spiritual components and, and not, not understand that you're a praying person and you believe that god can heal you and so of course you're going to listen to them you're going to take the medication but you're also going to trust in, in the supernatural power so i would say sometimes you may have to walk into a psychologist or a psychiatrist's office with that same perspective like all right i'm going to meditate i'm going to write in my journal i'm going to do these things but i'm also going to be praying and i'm going to be trusting in god in the same process yeah having that sort of discerning spirit of wisdom i think is is helpful so maybe that's an encouraging thing for people too you don't have to let all your defenses down. You can still be skeptical and kind of walk in there, kind of make, you know, get a sense of it. Doesn't mean you have to do everything. I mean, God knows people right. don't always listen to psychiatrists anyway, but it's, you know, you can feel free to still ask questions. But maybe then as somebody's doing it, like I'm just thinking again of people that I've spoken to 
in this process, right? Who will say, it still feels like, especially like, let's say specifically like a young man, you know, a young black man who will say that this feels like a weakness though. This feels like I'm gonna have to sort of admit that I'm like weak or like broken or, you know, like that I, how do you sort of navigate that of, of the process of saying, this is not a defect. It doesn't mean that, that you're bad. This is your fault to be able to perceive right. Yeah, I think, you know, we do have a false sense of masculinity that says your ability to just tuck your way through stuff makes you a man. That's not true. Sure, there's a sense of you have resilience or, or something along those lines to be able to endure, but we're not called to endure for the sake of enduring, you know what I mean? Like you endure because you have no other option, right? Like, like if you get shot in the leg, you don't just say, oh, I'm just gonna wrap it up and keep it moving. Sure, if you're at war and there's no other option for you, that's that's resilience and endurance, good job. But if you have access to a hospital, go get your leg taped up so you can fight another day. That's masculinity, is taking care of yourself so you can continue providing for others, leading others, caring for others, serving others. Like, that's what it means to really be a man. You know, a lot of times they say, man, you know, in the streets, they say, man, this is gangster or that's gangster. And, and lately the trend has been like, it's gangster to take care of your kids. Well, great. You can't take care of your kids if you don't take care of yourself. So mm-hmm. it's got to be gangster to take care of you in order to take care of your kids. Right. So I would just say that's a misnomer or just like kind of a foolish thought. It's like, man, I don't, that's a weak thing. It's like, no, it's not weak. It actually makes you stronger. Jay-Z became a billionaire after he went to therapy. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's just something that I think is beneficial and necessary. That's so true. And it reminds me a little bit of like some lines from like your Rebel album, right? Where you had like the pastor, I think, speaking in the background saying, you want to be a rebel, like read your Bible. No one's doing that, right? People are doing all the other stuff. And then maybe to, to that point, like in terms of what it really means to, like redefine being gangster, redefine kind of being a man, right? Redefine these things that are misnomers for some people who, who want to pursue faith, right? They want to they wanna come to faith, but they've sort of been disillusioned by Christians. Like your, your boy, Andy, has this really nice line, which is Jesus, save us from Christians, right? That's a really strong prayer sometimes. How did you sort of navigate that disillusionment with, with like, church people or like churchianity or you know what I mean like how did that play a part in your journey for somebody who's navigating their mental health and maybe their faith too like how was that for you I think the paradigm has to shift because church is not this manageable relationship with an institution and when you think that's what it is going in you'll be disappointed very quickly church really is a messy relationship with broken people Mm. that's really what it is so you have to know that going in like these are not people who are always going to accurately reflect the heart of God. These are people who need the heart of God because they don't reflect it accurately. So a lot of times our hurts are not God hurts, they're people hurts. And we're putting our people hurts on God. Hmm. And so my, my, my challenge for, for myself and for others is to remember, just like in a marriage, you're dealing with broken people who are going to disappoint you. And that should, you know, that shouldn't, that's, that should make you run away from God. That should make you run to him more because of the hurt you're experiencing. And some of us have to stand up to that hurt and that abuse and, and, and call it out and say, hey, this is not okay. 
And some of us have to create new environments where people can thrive in the midst of that brokenness because too much traditionalism has gone on. But but it doesn't mean you throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think that's what we've done. We've just said, man, I'm done with Jesus. I'm done with Christianity because these representations of it are so wrong. There's terrible reputations, re representations of everything, everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, have you ever went to a restaurant and had some Italian food or some Chinese food and it was disgusting? You didn't say, I'm done with Chinese food. No, someone's like, bro, trust me, that is not an accurate representation of Chinese food. You need to go try this. Right. And I think that's a lot of what we're experiencing is, is not, is inaccurate representations of Jesus. That's so true, man. I think there's, there's so much of these misnomers, misrepresentation, that if someone can sort of take a step back, like you're saying, and see that with the baby bathwater thing, the bathwater really is dirty. There's a lot of going on there. There's no, nobody's denying that, right? But the baby is sort of valuable. Maybe with that in mind, I, I just want to maybe end our discussion with one last question for you. Let's say somebody, a, a young person has been hearing what we're talking about today and they're feeling like maybe they're kind of encouraged. They feel like, you know what, sounds like Lecrae went through this journey and I can sort of see myself in him. Like it's not often that we can see, you know, ourselves in, in somebody like a role model, but it feels too overwhelming. It feels like the trauma is too much. The, the spiritual discouragement from the church is too much. Jesus seems too far away. How would you sort of encourage this person to sort of take a step forward where it feels like everything is just, it's just a lot to kind of carry all at once. I would just say that burden that you feel, that desire that you feel, that spark that you feel, don't ignore that because that is in a lot of ways, God making himself known to you and saying, hey, I'm real, I care about you, continue moving forward. And the thing about faith is it's an act of trust. It's trusting God when you can't understand everything and see everything, but God is letting us know like, hey, I'm, I'm here for you. And what I would encourage anybody to, to understand is God is not transactional. You can't put a quarter in the God machine and, and just make it work the way you want it to work. God is relational. So he wants to walk with you through the process you're going through. So it's not like, all right, I found God and everything has changed. It's like, no, I found God and now I he is walking with me through everything. My perspective is changing. He's giving me you know, he's not making the path easier. He's giving me what I need to go on the path. And, and that's the perspective. But what I would say, man, is um, it's clear, you know, Christ is real. He lived uh, the life we couldn't live. He died the death we deserve to die. Um, but he, and he makes himself available. He's saying, hey, I'm available to you to walk with you if you trust me. You know, I can give you a relationship unlike any other, but it's a, it's a matter of trust. And so um, it's not, not something that's easily explained, but it is something that um, once you experience it, once you taste and see, you'll see it's good. Love that. Man. That's there's no better way to end than the taste and see that the that the Lord is good. Well, Craig, I just want to you know I can't thank you enough, and I want to say for anyone who's watching, especially folks who are you know in the Hope Center um, in Harlem, please check out not just Craig's music. I mean, every album is incredible, but the new book is incredible. You know, I am restored. You know, just the documentary is amazing, Cray.com, you know, make sure to check that out. Are there other things that people should be looking for? Because everything I've seen from you has been inspiring to me. So I want to make sure everybody I know kind of, you know, gets to, to see the things that you're doing. Yeah, no, just stay tuned. You know, follow me on social media, uh, at Lecrae, at least C-R-A-E. And, um, you know, there'll be lots of more discussions. Uh, uh, during the Super Bowl, I'm doing a panel discussion with a couple of professional athletes on 
mental health and, and, and high impact individuals. And so this is just something that's near and dear to my heart and I've healed and then continue to heal. And so if there's hope for me, there's hope for anybody. So please continue pressing in and, and doing the hard work uh, to find healing and restoration. Thank you so much for checking out this episode. Please take a second to rate and review as this helps us reach more people. And until then, please don't forget to mind your health. See you soon.